Hi friends and welcome to the seventh episode of Ask Around Feminine. Thanks for having me back. I'm sorry I missed y'all before. I was feeling sick as a dog um, last week and my voice just sounded like something that attacks hobbits. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me back. I missed you guys. Hope you missed me too. And thanks for tuning in. This week's affirmation is I am my biggest competition. In a world where everyone has access to social media and anyone can snap a selfie and then doctor it up and then attach an inspirational quote to it and then upload that, you know, it's difficult to remember that we're all basically just doing our best to thrive in this life and that you can't measure your success by the success of someone else. In addition to that, Social media will have you thinking that everyone your age or your gender or in your tax bracket is doing so much better than you are. But in actuality, we're we're all struggling and a lot of us are going through shitty stuff. So the thing to remember, the takeaway here is that your success will come in its own time. So just remember to strive to be better than you were yesterday. You are your biggest competition. On to questions. First question up. I am consistently plagued with feelings of shame and guilt over things I have done, only to have the people I feel I have to make amends to telling me that whatever I did wasn't a big deal, or they don't remember it. It doesn't stop, and it maybe never will. What do I do? Hi friend, thank you uh, for writing in, and I, I am sorry, I feel for you for struggling with this. It's often been said that forgiveness starts with oneself, forgiveness starts with you. That was one of our affirmations in weeks past. and. The reason it was one of our affirmations is because it's so important to show yourself love. To grow closer to peace, it's important to give yourself permission to love yourself, to forgive yourself, warts and all. Something that I've done in the past is when I felt the urge to obsess about something that I had done, I would instead ask myself what I can learn from the experience. And that's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't try to make amends if that is if that's what's needed. If you feel like you've done something that warrants an apology, then I support it, go ahead and apologize. But if the apology is more for you, you may want to take some time to see the situation completely, see the big picture, process it. See if you can't look at the situation from a place of learning and growth and figure out what it is about this experience that you can learn and take away and apply possibly um, in the future. Because we all have moments like that. We all have missteps. It's natural, but it does not have to be the end. A mistake does not mean that you are some type of villain. It doesn't mean that you need to implode. We all do it. It's all right. So yeah, just be gentle with yourself. Show yourself some forgiveness. Show yourself some love. If you find that it's really challenging to do that, then I would say that's fine. That's okay. And consider seeking someone who can support you in that endeavor. Uh, you know, a mental health professional is trained to do just that. And of course I stand for therapy, you know, always. So if you find that you're having a really difficult time making that adjustment and reframing your thinking in that way, there's nothing wrong with finding someone who can help you with that. Somebody who has the training. Okay. I hope that helps. Second question. You mentioned LARP. How do you get into character in, in a fantasy LARP? Isn't it all Eurocentric? It's a really good question. I was actually really excited to get that question because there's definitely some truth to that. Many, if not all LARPs, are very Eurocentric, just as the high fantasy fiction that they're 
they tend to be based on is also, you know, Eurocentric. I think that's what's so exciting about this influx of blurred culture and people of color just sort of getting into nerdy pursuits. Because not only can we begin to let our, our nerd flags fly, but we also have the opportunity to introduce aspects of a world that has gone previously undiscovered. We can incorporate culture into worlds, um, create worlds that are more vivid and more well-rounded and just, you know, and more fun to, to play in and to, to become immersed in. For me, getting into character is easy because it's I'm having fun with it. I'm playing the, you know, the roguish strong fearless elf that I've always wanted to play and um, that I've always chosen to play like in video games and such so it's still fun for me I can immerse myself in that and you know currently I am working on expanding the world that I get to play in at my LARP introducing culture of brown people who have their own you know language and their own approach to things and just have a rich history and background and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes and kind of seeing this brainchild of mine grow um, and challenge that sort of Eurocentric view of fantasy. It's a little slice of history that I get to I get to be a part of. So I wouldn't say it's difficult to uh, become immersed, but I am having fun with it. And I appreciate your question. Third question. So you're engaged to a white guy. How do I get one? JK. I mean, like, I'm open to dating outside my race. I just never have. Is it tough to find stuff in common? Hey friend, thank you for your question. So uh, this is not the first time that I've been asked this question. And I always feel tempted to give like a smart ass answer. Like, well, first you have to go out during the full moon and you need to draw a circle and chalk. And in the circle, you need to place a Tom Petty album, some Birkenstocks and a jar of mayonnaise. And then you have to whisper, I want to see your manager. And then your white guy will just materialize. Of course, I'm playing. And I do appreciate your question. Thing is, everyone that I've dated, regardless of race, everyone that I've seriously dated, I've met doing things I like. Just just being out and about, engaging in an activity that I already enjoy. Kind of like minding my business. You know, my fiance and I met LARPing. <laughs> and, you know, just being goofballs in the woods. I and mean, when we began to speak, we realized that we had a lot of things in common already. And so it was easy for us to vibe um, because we genuinely shared an interest in, in nerdy things. We both enjoyed fantasy. We both enjoyed writing fiction. We both like to perform. We like video games. So it clicked. And it's nice when it does click. We have very different life experiences. And I don't think either of us would ever deny that. But we're also comfortable sharing the details of those experiences and how we feel they've influenced our lives to make us the people that we are right now. And so I feel like that's the important thing, regardless of, of our different cultural backgrounds, we come together in that we are both open and we both want to share. So if I was going to give you any advice at all, it would be to just get out there and, you know, and do the thing that you enjoy, whatever that is. And if you see someone cute who's also out there doing that, then talk to them. You know, make the time. If they happen to be white, cool. If they're not white, cool. But you'll ha at least have met someone new and you'll be able to see where that goes. Good luck, friend. And if, I mean, if all else fails, try the circle and the mayonnaise. You never know. You never know. Now it's time for the breakdown. And that's the portion of the show where we break down a concept that may not be widely known by some of our uh, listeners and followers or just, you know, a little review. It never hurts. It never hurts. So this week's breakdown is of the word consent. Consent is defined by Merriam-Webster as giving assent or approval. 
uh, compliance in or approval of what is done or proposed by another or agreement as to action or opinion. So basically this means that consent is the act of willingly going along with something of your own volition. So in discussing physical contact, it's imperative that you remember this. No one, no one can be forced or coerced into giving their consent, which means that an enthusiastic yes should be the bare minimum of admission, the, the bare minimum price of admission rather to someone's space and body. If you have a problem with that, you may be agreeing. And now it's time for the weekly hustle. This is the portion of the show in which we feature awesome people doing dope shit. Uh, this week we're featuring Patrick Rico Williams, author, educator, advocate, connector of people, my friend, and you can buy his book, Jesus is Black, on Amazon right now. Go ahead and do it. You'll be glad you did. So, my name is Patrick Williams. I'm an Aquarius. And what I'm looking for is, I'm looking for somebody who likes like long walks on the beach. Like I think, wait. That, it's not, that's not what, so who, who's this? Oh, it's for, this is for Jasmine. <laughs> My name is Patrick Rico Williams. Patrick Rico Williams. Rico as in the racketeering law because I'm out here. And because it's like Ricardo, but I'm Jamaican, so my name is Patrick. So there's like no correlation whatsoever. I mean, actually the story is that like, my brother couldn't really pronounce Patrick, so Rico kind of worked. And I'm not sure where the correlation is, but I love it. So I knew myself as Rico before I knew myself as Patrick. I am a writer, I am an educator, and I am a an advocate, and I wanna say in that order, I wanna say the work I do for the fundamentally like is in those three realms. It took me a long time to like admit that I was a writer, like so that, 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 that whole thing was a journey in and of itself, but I think writing gives us the opportunities to communicate across generations and like have conversations amongst across generations. So I think it's important for someone to contextualize what we're going through, where our headspaces are at, and just kind of share an ideas and be a part of the conversation. It should be important to us because it gives some level of context as far as like where we are, where we're going, where we've been, right? So like I think the, the important thing about writing and text is that like people kind of like give you ideas of what is going on. So you can use that to kind of like either use the examples that you get from it to kind of press on or it gives you time to measure things generationally right because i think you measure progress generationally and then you feel a lot better than you do <laughs> measuring it in your whole life when did something start badly for me but end up all right hmm that is a good question first of all on this video because this is the second take but i have all the hope and faith in my heart that when this is done it'll be like the right thing i wrote a book called jesus is black Tell your friends, tell your neighbor. The idea of writing a book was something that like, I'm sure everyone who knows me knew I was gonna be able to do it, right? And they thought it was something that I could have done, but I didn't really have like, I didn't really know anybody at the time I thought that like wrote books. So I didn't have like any level of guidance in how to do, how that process would work. Fortunately, I was able to like watch some of my friends do the same thing. And it's also the thing about writing a book is obviously your friends can write books, but like it doesn't really you can you see how to do it logistically, but like it doesn't really do much for you because you still need to figure out your story, right? So like just watching somebody do something isn't necessarily going to be the thing that helps. I'd written extensively for a very long time, but didn't really have a place to put the things. So when I decided I wanted to write the book, it was something where like I was collecting and I was writing and I was putting it in a specific place, but I didn't have anything. I didn't have a skeleton to wrap it around, right? So it was just, it was a lot of meat, but no bone. 
the difficult part was trying to figure out exactly what I was trying to say and how I was gonna like connect those things together. But once I figured out what it was and how I would be able to use Black Jesus as a device, because the book is called Jesus is Black and yeah. But um, once I realized how I could use him as a device, it made telling the story a lot easier. So that is something that was difficult. A lot of it was also me being in my own way, right? So the, the idea was in the same way that rappers have a year to put out an album and they wait till like month 10 to like record the first verse, I'd given myself time to do it. And it's a book that I almost didn't finish twice, but I did manage to get it done within the first year. And I released the book quite literally the year to the day that I first came up with the idea of making him the device, using Jesus in the way that we ask him to use us. That may have been too far, but whatever. Um, if I could choose anyone to narrate my life, it would be me. Me! I like audiobooks, right? So I like audiobooks, but I hate when like the person who writes the book isn't the person that reads the book. And that can be dicey because sometimes authors don't have the voice for it. I have the voice for it. Y'all know I have the voice for it. You can hear me right now and know I have the voice. I do all my inflections and my own stunts. But if it has to be somebody else, if it has to, has to, has to be somebody else, it would have to be Jay Prince. Look him up. Jay Prince. James Prince Jr. No, no. James Prince, the original, not Jr. Jr. Garbage. Like, look up Jay Prince. Jay Prince has a snarl in his voice that would be particularly suited for me. What is the social stigma that I think people need to get? I think people just need to stop being dicks, right? So <laughs> the social stigma is stop being a dick. All oppression, all of the isms are connected. So if we could just stop being dicks um, around the stigmas and the oppression and all the things in general, then we could be just better in life. I think the stigma of like the individualistic society versus like the collective self, we need to get away from like being individualistic and see ourselves as like a part of a whole, right? Because the, individu the individualistic shit is like tra is trash. It does nothing for us. So I think we should stop being selfish. I think we should see each other as like interdependent and just stop being dicks. Unusual places I have been, I don't like to say that it's unusual for me to have been in China, right? I think we are all destined to like run around and see all the world and everything that like the world has to offer, right? So I don't think that's on, I don't wanna say that's unusual, but it is something I don't do every day, which is why it would be defined as such, right? I don't, but I think it's something that we should all be doing. I went to China because my brother was there for a year, so I didn't have to worry about like paying for a spot. So I get that, right? I was in West Virginia and that place is trash. Um, all offense, like if you're from West Virginia, you need to leave now, get out. Like not just referring to the movie, get the fuck out. Like um, West Virginia is like the most depressing ass place I've ever been to in my life, leave. Still, if you like it, you should leave and look at something else. And if you still like it, you still prefer doing that stuff, then go back to it. But like, I think you need to like give yourself the opportunity to see something else. Unusual things I've done. I wrote a book. That's kind of unusual for like a lot of people. Uh, I am progressively moving towards fo following the dream. Um, I'm creating like, my job, I'm creating spaces, I'm creating, I'm working on creating nonprofits, and I think those are things that are unusual. Yeah, I think that's something that, I think those are things that are like considered unusual, but they should be normalized. What are some red flags to watch out for in life? Like energy vampires. Like I think, um, what's his name? Um, Abdul, uh, Abdul Muhammad, like dream creation number one, describes them as like dream, dream vampires. So people who you're like, yo, I really think I should go do this, or yo, 
here's an opportunity to do this. And the person who's like, the person who never did the thing and wants to take your joy away and says like, and says the, the person who always has a reason why this can't work or the, like, I, and that is different from people who are like logistical. Cause I'm very logistical, right? So if we say we're going to try to do something, I'm like, all right, cool. Bomb. How do we do this? What do we work on? What do we need to do? Why won't this work? And how can we make it work? Right? But it's not the person who's looking for a solution. It's the person who's just like, it didn't work for them. So they're like, yo, F you, don't even follow that dream. Your dream is like tailored to you, right? That's kind of what it is. Like you have to go through what you need to go through to get to where you need to be. And that's not their journey. Like, so if, if you come into a classroom and there's like 20 people and you come in with like 20 pairs of size seven Nikes, and I'm only saying Nikes because the Kaepernick is hey, um, if you come in with like just 20 pairs of sevens, and nobody wears sevens, then that was a great gift, but like didn't do anything for anybody, right? So again, your dream needs to be tailored for you. So just because they don't believe in your dream and they don't understand your dream, like you only have so much energy, right? So why spend the time trying to replenish what they take away from you? Like, why don't, why don't you just like leave that alone? The idea of vampires, right? So you only have so much blood in you. Why would you hang out with vampires? Cause that's stupid. The red flag as far as people are concerned are people who make you feel like you're inferior. People who make you feel that like, yo, you're inadequate. Like those are people who like will drain your energy. And I'm huge on like reserving energy because we're getting older and there's things that we need to be doing. The more conversations I can avoid that don't do anything for me are the better. So why hang out with people who like suck your energy away from you? What was cool when you were younger that isn't anymore? Um, I remember when I was younger, I saw the Dodge, I think it was a Dodge Magnum. And it was like the coolest thing on earth and I loved it and it was like fire and I thought it was like amazing. And now that I'm older, I'm like, yo, they got us really guessed over a station wagon. Station wagon. Like, yo, we were like mad young trying to get a station wagon. And like now I see it and I'm like, yo, I don't understand why we liked it, but it was like a really cool thing. And it was legit a moment. And I don't know how Dodge got us like that. Like they really played, they played us. I never really got into Black Planet, never really got into uh, MySpace. So I like, kind of swerved those things. Facebook was cool. I was younger. I don't think I was young. I mean, we all know what happened to Facebook. Like I was exclusive and it was like people who you really mess with or you wanted to mess with. And now it's just like your neighbor who didn't really, for some reason they didn't evolve are the cats in high school that like, again, didn't didn't evolve. And now it's just like a really toxic space. So that was cool. And now it's trash. Um, <laughs> what do I want people to remember about me? Um, I was gonna say, don't remember me, but like I'm a narcissist, so like I need you to remember me. Just remember that I had a dream and I grabbed it and I chased it. And on the other side, I produce something, I produce a book, right? So, um, and, I, and that's something for me to remember as well, right? Cause I, I'm overthinker to the max. So sometimes I get down about the things that I don't chase and the things that I don't follow and the things that like, and just the ideas that I don't think will pan out and I don't spend enough time thinking about the things that did. So I think I need you to remember that I focused on something and I literally turned my life around in three years and it's possible. And a lot of the things that were on my box were checked off in those last three years. And again, it doesn't stop. Like I'm still 
adding things to the box that adding boxes that need to be checked off so the idea is like i'm continually trying to chase something and i think i need you to remember that you can do that as well that's it really and um shout out to all my friends shout out to like Suleyna. shout out to like jasmine obviously because she's providing the platform um and because she's just dope so whatever you did to get to this place and to see this content that she is producing and she's like creating a space for continue to do it because you made a really good decision here um and that's it i'm out peace so now it's time for the rantrum this is the portion of the show where i go off on a topic that would otherwise give me hypertension so this week we're discussing the absolute joke that is brett kavanaugh's nomination and the trash fire that is the trial between kavanaugh and dr christine Lazy, I hope I'm saying that right, Ford. So the allegations of sexual assault by Kavanaugh against Ford have been spun as a partisan move to discredit Trump and his lackeys. And here's the thing, this just brought to light the fact that that sexual assault victims will always struggle to be believed anytime that their assault is inconvenient for a white man. And it's rough. It's rough, and I feel like there are a lot of people out there right now who are triggered um, by the proceedings because it's bleak. It's bleak. And personally, I I am beyond tired of hearing these tired-ass dirtbags ask why people didn't come forward sooner, why they didn't go home earlier, why they didn't drink less, why they didn't wear more. I'm tired of them asking what it is that the victim did and why and didn't do instead of asking how do we teach people that they have no no goddamn right to anyone else's body and why we aren't doing it already it does not matter it does not matter what the circumstances are you don't get to welcome yourself to the body of someone who hasn't given you their consent and that should not be a difficult concept to grasp i don't have a long rantrum for you guys this week i'm just the, this victim blaming shit has got to end and i i sincerely believe that it's people like brett kavanaugh that make room for people like brock turner to, to succeed in this world and it just it's being perpetuated and it's so frustrating. It's it's just it's so frustrating. And my my hope is that there are enough people who are willing to challenge the status quo here so that people feel like you know what? I actually have to step it up. I actually have to make a change. I ha this has to mean something. I have to do something. So for those of you who have been coming forward with me too, hashtag me too, hashtag why I didn't report, all of that, you know, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do. Um, and I hope that, I hope that it really starts to move people. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for um, being willing to put yourself out there. And I'm sorry that it's necessary. And now it's time to wrap up the show. Once again, thank you for joining me today on hashtag ask a brown feminine and i hope that this advice has been helpful if you would like to be featured on future episodes if you have comments on these questions uh if you have questions of your own 
then you can submit your requests and anonymous asks um, at askabrownfeminine.com. And as always, you are appreciated.